Sign up for the nation news at ronandonradio.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 264 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to introduce you to one of our team members. Now, here, here's the deal. Teresa's from Sweden. She only speaks in Swedish, so it's going to make it. She's going to sit in on episode two sixty four. It should be pretty interesting because Ron, I was just looking at her numbers. We're at about a million plays on the podcast, and we have two people because we can see people that listen to us from all over the world. We're in forty eight countries. We have two people right now that listen to the Ron and Don show in Sweden. That is correct. And uh, if they ever need to buy a house in Washington State, we like to handle. <laughs> Yeah, hey, uh, coming up, so we're going to talk about Sweden. If you're thinking about taking a trip to Sweden, uh, Therese will have a lot of ideas. Also, she's a specialist. She's a buyer's agent. We'll talk about what being a buyer's agent means. And right now, if you're trying to take down a house in Western Washington, you might need her. Also, quitting. I quit. Is that the ultimate form of self-care? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Just a couple days ago, I am now trying to get used to the new mask regulations. I totally don't get it. And I walked into the Metropolitan Food Market the other day, and almost everybody on the staff had their masks off. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I ran out to the car. I put my mask in the car. Now, why I didn't take my mask off and just put it in my pocket, I don't know. But I was that excited. You left the store? Yeah, that I was going to get to go in the store after a year without my mask. My little boy wasn't with me. He's not vaccinated. uh, And I've had my second shot now, so I felt like, hey, I can go in the store with my mask off. I go back in today because we are having a very special dinner that you guys are coming to on Saturday, 2 o'clock. I'm cooking for you. Teresa's coming. Ron, you're coming, right? Da. Yeah. 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 So so anyway, uh, when I went in back to to pick up fresh supplies, I, I got out of the car. I'm beaming. I'm so excited to walk in there without a mask. I did it at Starbucks this morning. The girl looked at me startled. She went, oh, my God, Don, is that how you look? And I'm like... Yeah. Oh God, that's how. Can I you put the mask back on? It please. wasn't a good thing. It was not a good thing when she saw me at Starbucks. Well, how but, do you? How but, but, do you? But, so, let, so let me finish. I went back into the Metropolitan Market. The whole entire staff had their masks back on today. Yeah, so then I felt the pressure, and I went out to the car, got my mask because I wanted to be like everybody else, which I usually don't. And I put my mask back on. I'm very confused by all this. It is very confusing. I was uh, at Trader Joe's and I w- saw a friend of mine and her her dog was outside. So I knew she was in there, went in, said hello. And she's like, why are you wearing your mask? I thought you were vaccinated. And I was like, I am. She's like, you don't have to wear it in here. It's like, but everybody's wearing it. She's like, I don't think you have to. And I was like, well, I'm going to just err on this. I'm not, I'm going to err on the side of leaving it on. So I left it on there. Yeah. Then I had to go get my mail. So I get, I have my mail at a mail service because people were stealing packages. So I got a mail service and uh, he was wearing it. And I was like, I'm vaccinated. Do I need to wear it? He's like, I don't care if you wear it or not. <laughs> and he goes, but we're leaving the sign up because Inslee hasn't told us we can take it down yet. Oh. And then, uh, anyway, we're going to talk on that. So I don't know. I'm defaulting right now to leaving it on. Yeah. But, <sighs> I, I went, have, have, have you gone anywhere where they check for your card or your credential? Like my understanding is if you go to a Mariners game, 
uh, they they check for that card. And, and I take if a you photograph of my card because the card is like a, a 18 by 24 poster. <laughs> uh, they is. made the card a little big. So I have a photograph of my card. I'm ready to go. Can you, I don't know if I want to broach this right now. Maybe we should just dive into it. I had, I tried to have a very considered, respectful conversation with someone that does not want to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I tried to be open-minded and I wanted to listen. And it was like, okay, tell me what, like walk me through your rationale and your logic for not getting it. And there were some stats thrown back and forth that really were interesting stats, but didn't necessarily in my mind, uh, see whether or not you should get it or not. Like it's, what's, what was an interesting uh, stat? I was like, Hey, I'm not obese. And 78% of the people that have been hospitalized according to the CDC were obese. So it's like, that's one of the rationales they had to not get vaccinated. People dying in India right now do not look obese to me. Right. So, so that's, but, that, that, and, so there were stats on those in, in lines. In the United States, that's probably correct though. That because, is correct. Because most of the adult population is obese. So that's probably a correct stat. But here's what I was trying to say. That stat is, is not correlated or cause related to whether or not you should get a vaccine. And so I, I I'm, and I didn't push back hard on that. I was like, okay, I'll trust your stat. I don't know if that's true or not, but I haven't seen that number. But then I looked it up, and it's true. <laughs> so it's like, I trust your stat. It's like but then I looked it up. But so I'm trying. So what it really boiled down to, as I as I tried to peel the layers off, was that this person didn't feel comfortable. And so uh, after gosh, twenty minutes or so, I said, "What would make you feel comfortable?" And there was a very long pause. Hmm. And the answer was, I don't know. I want to wait and see. And I don't want to crucify this person for not feeling comfortable. Because but if, but if what they, is their name? What's their phone number? What's their address? Right. Where, where do they live? Let's go it, find them right now. Someone has the right to feel uncomfortable. And someone also has the right to not necessarily, if in this person's mind, those statistics put them in a low risk category that's probably true but for them it doesn't mean they need to get vaccinated so i don't know how would you bridge that gap how would you bridge the gap because you, i can't go all the way back to go okay you obviously didn't pay attention in science class in ninth grade you don't understand cause causality and correlation when it comes to scientific and a lot of people aren't scientifically literate and so you don't know what a statistic means you don't know uh, with medical certainty uh if, if one thing is connected to the next and so i want to be respectful and say okay i trust that you're uncomfortable a lot of people are uncomfortable getting shots or if something is a new medication, they're uncomfortable. That's legit. Like there have been tre- there have been things along my life where I've gone to the doctor and like, hey, we got this new thing. I tried one for I have psoriasis on my hands. We got this new thing. You want to try it? I said I, I'll try it. Did it for a couple of weeks. Like this makes me uncomfortable. Like it doesn't seem to be working. It's kind of and they said okay, we can stop. Uh, so I, I, I think that's legit. But how would you bridge? Is there a way to bridge that gap? Turns out who it is, because I, I would want to know more. Like, I, I have a friend who's black and very well educated, smart, probably thinks you should get the vaccine. Doesn't want to get it, though, uh, because of what, have, what, what has happened historically to black people and those stories that are within his family. I talked to somebody else. It's an Asian-American. And what happened to Asian-Americans here and what happened to black Americans and the way that the government used them. 
uh, for scientific experiments and injectables and injecting horrible diseases. Uh, that really happened. That's a part of our history. So if that's where somebody is coming from, I, I, I want to leave room for that. But I also want to make sure it, it sounds like you're doing a great job of at least having that conversation and to get to the point where you didn't back baby into the corner and they said, hey, it's something I want to think about. I, I look at that as a success. I think you've had a successful conversation that at least someone's thinking about it. You've met them in the middle and they didn't say no and they didn't say yes to it. So the hesitancy I get. And let's not forget, uh, one year ago, we thought this thing was, was going to kill a lot of our kids and a lot of our children. And we didn't see that happen initially. Now what we're beginning to see happen, though, is we're beginning, like Chris Sullivan, for instance, who was a great traffic reporter at Cairo Radio, where he used to work. He got COVID. And if you follow him on Facebook, he went to the emergency room three times and he thought he was going to die. Jim Ziegler, who's also middle-aged. He's, he's a younger younger guy. And, Chris and, is. Yeah, yeah younger yeah. guy, pretty yeah. physically fit. Yeah. Uh, always out playing ball with his kids. And so, I mean, he, I, I wouldn't look at him and go, oh, he's a high-risk individual. No, no. But, but, but it almost killed him. Jim Ziegler, also at the, at the station early on. Uh, and he's in his forties. Uh, he got it. Our friend, Darren, who used to be our program director, he's down in Atlanta, 50 years old. Uh, he died from it. And so what we're seeing is we're seeing younger people now get this disease. We're seeing mutations from it. And I think people just need to continue to pay attention to that. And I'm not so focused on herd immunity anymore. I'm just focused on being the best human that I can be. And for me, being the best human that I can be, specifically around my mom, uh, is someone who's been vaccinated. So that's a decision. Plus, you get to go into Met Market. Sometimes (laughs) you leave your mask off, and sometimes you leave it on. (laughs) We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys. I want to thank Les Schwab for sponsoring today's show. And we all know Les Schwab. It's the place to go. We tell you all the time for tires, for wheels, for batters, for brakes, and so much more. But also, when you want service and when you expect great service, well, expect Les Schwab to deliver award-winning service. And that's one of the reasons they just got the JD Power Award, right? Yeah, they're number one. I just had this. I got I picked up a screw in my tire when I was going to the dump for one of our clients and the tire was flat. I went to Les Schwab over in Ballard. I didn't say, hey, I'm Ron on the Ronadon. You sponsored the show. I just uh, showed up. They fixed that flat, put it back on my truck, and I said, what do I owe you? And they went, Ron, this one's on us. Yeah, don't forget when you go to Les Schwab, they're going to treat you right and send you on down the road. You're going to experience that award-winning satisfaction for yourself that Ron's experienced, I'm experiencing, and you're going to experience it every time. So stop by or schedule your free pre-trip safety analysis right now. All you have to do is go to LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com. That's Les Schwab where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. And for J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. That's jdpower.com slash awards. You can just tell that, they, uh, that they're that they just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we, you know, we got, we got some, some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Oli. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. 
And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail, um, and then they just came in with a with a lot more knowledge, and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire the, the sit down, the, the experience, and and the results. Of course, there was a friendship that developed, and a and a, and a trust. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit, but it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys. Are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyfriend, Hitman, friend. All right, you guys. Welcome back to episode 264 now, The Ron Don Show. As you have heard, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. And every time you hear somebody come on that talks about interacting with us, like you just heard, I get thrilled because almost all of our clients are part of The Ron Don Nation. Almost all of our clients have reached out to us through this podcast. And almost all our clients are crazy, just like we are, right? That's correct. Everybody's some, got a little... You got, you got to find someone with your brand of crazy. Yeah, our, our clients are absolutely crazy, but they are our brand of crazy. And we've been having a lot of fun with you guys. Just a lot of fun. In fact, we just sold a house in Ballard for $300,000 over. We just sold up in Ever. $100,000 over. We just sold out uh, a farmhouse that we've shared with you out in Port Orchard. About 100000 and I do want to say this. We just bought a house on Queen Anne, $48,000 under. That's right. So you got to play both sides of the fence. And you just, delivered, you just delivered keys on a house today, right? I did, over in Magnolia. So beautiful house right by uh, Fort Lawton. Yeah, and we took that thing down, and we came early on it. So anyway, it's important to have a buyer specialist on your team. We have one by the name of Therese. She's here with us, and we're going to talk to her in a couple minutes. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. A lot of people through the pandemic have been talking about self-care. Uh, where do you land on self-care? What do you think of self-care? What is self-care? Uh, where I land on it is I'm doing a horrible job with it. Uh, I believe in it. Uh, it's become more and more apparent to me as I've uh, you know, gone through life. We talked a couple episodes ago about getting a massage. Yeah. Uh, I, I went on the app. I'm not going to name the name of the app. Went on the app, made my reservation, and I was stoked because we talked about it on the on the pod, and I was like, I'm going to do that. Yep. So I went out there. It was all booked. It was paid for. Self-care. Self-care 101. I'm going to do this thing. And so I went, and I got some food. I was going to be all ready to roll. Training wheels are off. Training wheels are Upshaw's off. Upshaw's going for the self-care. And I'm getting ready for my self-care moment, and I get a text. Yeah, nobody wants to come uh, work, <laughs> work on you, pal. 
So they self, can't. They canceled. Self care canceled. <laughs> they did. Uh, okay. So I haven't rebooked, but I, I do want to do that. Uh, I've been. We've talked at great length about incorporating practices like I do guided meditation most mornings. Uh, my whole tiny house experiment up on the river is really a, a grand experiment in self care because I. You know, when I'm when I'm physically in a different place, yeah. being near a river, having a campfire, like that sort of stuff, just really quiets my mind. So I'm into it. I just need to do better. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I think I'm okay at it. Meditation sometimes is the wrong thing for me to do because when I start doing, like I started looping on a person. Something happened like a year and a half ago with this person. And I just started looping on it. And so I'm sitting there in the morning trying to get rid of it by meditating. And I just got pissed. I just kept getting angry and anger. And then I jump on my Peloton bike over there trying to calm down. And finally, you know what I did the other day? I'm like, I'm just going to pick up the phone and talk to this person. Wow. Just have a conversation. And you violated the restraining order? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It made all the difference in the world. Because where they were a year and a half later and where I am a year and a half later is in different places. And so we asked each other for grace and forgiveness. And 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 he gave that to me. I gave that to him. Uh, we talk about fatherhood. And it was actually very, very cool. So. You know, that's been something. I've, I've tried that recently as well. I had a... Uh, uh, conflict with another person and it was it was getting just silly and emails were flying around and group texts and all stuff and finally i just called him yep and was like hey let's figure this out mm -hmm. and we figured it out and we we're, did. We're, we're not it's not back to pre-conflict levels yeah but it's civil now and it's handled and uh it, it did it taking a picking up a phone makes a big difference yeah i think self-care is important i i think it's being monetized now though and it's it, it's a multi-billion dollar business and there's certain kind of candles you got to buy for self-care and there's a certain kind of bubble bath homie over here he don't like to bubble bath very much i know you're a bubble bath guy right I, i'll take a bath yeah. i want to get into your tub sometime, i know not in a weird way do you way. know who gets in that tub i bet your son have does. i ever sent you pictures and g-force gets in there and then he, he puts all the bubbles he puts in. all the bubbles in and then you walk in and it's like on the partridge family where mom partridge walked in on danny partridge and there were just bubbles everywhere well, and you a, couldn't find him you couldn't find keith you couldn't find susan day the the keyboard player couldn't find anyone is it the partridges where in real life the mom and one of the cast members got together or is that the brady bunch i think it's both was it? Yeah, I think it happened in okay. Partridge Family Embry. Good for me, Anyway, they're saying, they're, the article today was, in just two minutes on this, that maybe the ultimate form of self-care is to quit, and specifically to quit your job. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, if I'm understanding it right, there's a movement right now with folks as the, the minimum wage battle goes on that is basically saying, I'm not coming back to work for seven twenty five an hour. So if you want to... Talk about fifteen dollars an hour or more. Then I am I'm I'm willing to talk, but I, I think that is interesting. I don't I don't know how it's going to actually work practically for people. But the more I've studied that argument, like I I don't see a lane where we shouldn't give people more than seven twenty five an hour. Or in Washington State, I think it's nine something an hour um, is minimum wage, and so I, I think. I get. I, I'm on. I'm on that side of things. I, I wouldn't mind if I have to go somewhere and my hamburger is forty cents more because everyone there got fifteen dollars an hour. What are you doing to eat a hamburger? That's not self care. <laughs> it depends on who you are. Oh, okay. You are getting fries and a shake. You, with that, you huh? never get a, a good a good burger to tide you over. Not not much, but I should. Uh, so so with that, going back to quitting. But, yeah. So they're saying quitting. 
um, is realizing the life I had and I was slaving away at with this wage was not worth it. Uh, and then they're withdrawing. But again, I don't know the solution to that, but I get the argument. Yeah. Well, but for other people, we, we just had a client recently. It's like, I'm a white collar professional, make really good money, and I do not like this job. I want to move to a smaller town. I want to do this thing I've been daydreaming about for decades. And um, this person hopefully is going to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to take a little while to unwind all this stuff. But I thought that was really cool to yeah. say, I, I've, I've worked this career for 20 something years. I don't want to do it anymore, mm. even though it pays really well. Yeah, I, th- I think quitting something, if, you, if you're quitting a job, and I, I don't think a good excuse is, like there's a kid that was staying in my back alley, and he quit his job. And then one day, he had a, he had a Trans Am, my son called it the Bat- Batmobile. And the Batmobile... Uh, just staying in a tent in your back alley. No, he was, a, he was, a resident he, he's sleeping on, the, on, on, yeah, he's sleeping in a unit on the other side of the alley. And then I'm building a, a daddy back there. And so every once in a while he'd show up, he'd be back there smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer. And then he explained to me that he lost his job during the pandemic. Then he said he wasn't going back to work. Uh, because he was just sitting at home having a great time, and the U.S. government just kept putting money in, in his bank account. He says, as long as the U.S. government continues to put money in my bank account, why would I go back to work? Because I'm making more money now sitting at home. Boom, though, one day the Trans Am, gone, disappears. And then he's out there in one of those gig cars, driving around in a gig car. I'm like, what's going on here? Then when I saw the drug deals start to happen. And Do then you he, live behind Jim Rockford? And then, he got to, <laughs> and then he got to the point where he could no longer talk anymore, and finally we had to call the authorities and call his family and bring in some help. And so hopefully he's getting some help right now. Uh, but sometimes just quitting and sitting at home isn't the greatest idea ever. It's not, but I think it, it does tell you something that if unemployment is paying you more than what you made working full time, that maybe there's something wrong yeah. with that. That's structure. why Joe Biden freaked out. And we'll just end it here when the jobs report came out and the jobs report wasn't good. And the reason the jobs report wasn't good is because people are not going back to those service jobs because they're sitting at home. They feel like, I deserve this. It's a place of health. I probably have to watch my kids anyway, because there's no one here to watch my kids. Uh, so I think it's very difficult. And what you see Republicans doing now in a lot of states is they're turning off the spigot of that extra $300 a week that's keeping people at home, trying to drive them back to maybe those jobs. And uh, in, in really, the service industry is kind of the backbone of America today. Did so. you see Joe Biden go uh, zero to 60 in a new electric truck? No, the new F one fifty. Yeah, he had his uh, aviator glasses. Aviator glasses on. Yeah, and he's like, "This will go zero to sixty in four point three. And so he's like, "Step back, everybody!" The press car starts back. <laughs> he took, he's like, "Put the pedal down." Nice, it's good for him. Yeah, we got to get one of those trucks. We'll see you on the other side of this. If you find yourself dreaming about a new home, go from just a dream to the dream team. Schedule your time at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 264. And don't forget, as you heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. We're here to help you. And if you're ready for Ron's new book that's out on Amazon, what is the book and how can people get it? Yeah, it's a guide to selling a house in the Pacific Northwest. But I think it'd be great for the sellers and buyers to read this thing. Uh, we're getting it up on Amazon right now. You kind of got to jump through a couple hoops with approval and getting the numbers right and all that stuff. It's going to be uh, 10 bucks on Amazon, but uh, we'll, I'll give you a free copy of it right now if you want to just email me, Ron, at windermere.com. And it goes into some of the specifics of 
how a market such as ours performs. Uh, you know, I talk to, I have family members in different parts of the country. You know, if you talk to someone in, in New Mexico, it's like, yeah, house goes on the market. You like go over and get a cookie, take your time. Like there's no urgency at all. No. That house could be on the market for a hundred days. You have a pinata at the open house, a yeah, couple just, margaritas. Right. And no. it's, it's not mariachi band shows up. It's not the same. No. So, uh, that's the, a book I wrote on, on that process. And I think it gives some good insight into if, yeah. you're, if you're a buyer or something. Ron at windermere.com. Teresa's here. She has joined the Ron and Don nation team and she has joined the Ron and Don nation team as a buyer's specialist. Uh, hey, you guys, let's talk about buyers and some of the things that I've learned in this journey. And I hear this around the office every once in a while. Uh, Ron, I hear, the, hear these terms that buyers are liars. Why do people say that buyers are liars? And what's been in your experience when you're out there helping someone to buy a home, which is really a different skill set uh, than listing a home? Well, first off, Therese, welcome to the team. Thank you. Hopefully uh, <laughs> you made a wise decision. So uh, <laughs> buyers are liars. In my experience, maybe you can talk to this as well, Therese. Someone will say something like, I have to have a three-car garage. I don't, I don't even want to see this listing if it doesn't have a three-car garage. Three-car garage is a must. And so you never send them any listings with three-car garage. Then they call you. It's like, oh, my God, I got to get into this house this afternoon. You go in there. I love it. We're going to write. This is my dream house. And you go... This not only doesn't have a three-car garage, it doesn't have a garage. <laughs> what are you talking about? Have you had stuff like that? Yes, for sure. And I think that's why it's important when I take buyers out that we actually look at multiple homes before we even decide what do we really like. Yeah, and sometimes you get into like something important like number of bedrooms and number of bathrooms. Um, you got to get in these houses and see them and feel them. It's fun, though, when someone lights up and it's you know it's the right house. Oh, yes, you can usually tell. I've had plenty of buyers like that. They, their whole face lights up, and you just know they came home. And so um, it's. I, I think it's a thing where I try to keep it broad. Some people, though, some people have, like, legitimate things where they're like, hey, I can't climb stairs. So it's not like you send them a three-story house. You just can't. You got to take those out of the search parameter if it's like, I need a one-level house. And so that's going to be very, yeah. very specific. But I think but most of the time... Almost all of those categories, you can massage them a little bit. Yeah, I think write down what you want, and you'll probably end up with about 75% of it, and then the rest of it you can build, or maybe it'll be in your forever home. When do we get to hear Tree speak Swedish? Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, Let me ask you this question. A couple more things here. Uh, When we're talking about buying, people will ask, are we waiting for the offer review date? What is an offer review date and why do you wait for it? Well, in a market like ours uh, in the Pacific Northwest, it is so tight. There is such low inventory that um, a thing evolved where people said, I want to, I don't necessarily want to take the first offer that comes along. So in days of yore, like that I talked about in New Mexico, if you're on the market for a hundred days, you're just praying for an offer because hmm. you're still making um, the mortgage payment every month. And so in, in competitive markets, uh, you started to get multiple offers. And so what would happen is one would get there first, and then a client is looking at that, and then the agent might let another person know, hey, you toured the house, we just got an offer. Later that afternoon, you get a second offer. And so maybe you got a third offer. And so they came up with this idea of saying, okay, well, how can we protect everyone here? 
how can we make this more level playing field? So the offer review date was invented where you publish when you, when you bring a house to market, you say, we are going to review offers next Thursday at 1 PM. And so you're telling the marketplace, um, we think this is going to be competitive. So to make it a level playing field, everybody bring your highest and best offer on this Thursday. And then our sellers are going to pick the, the best one. Yeah. Teresa, do you think it's important to always wait as a, as a buyer specialist? Do you always make your buyers wait for the offer review day? No, I don't. Um, I mean, a lot of times we do, and I always hope that the listing agents will stick to the offer review, review date um, just because I feel like it gives every buyer a higher chance of winning that home. Uh, but I've seen in circumstances where it's beneficial for the buyer since I'm on the buyer side where you can come in early, higher in price, and just take it off the market, especially when it's this competitive. Yeah. Ron, how come somebody would take an early offer? Because it, it gets real. And uh, to be, use a cliche that my mom would say, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Meaning that when, if you are sitting, let's say the average price in, on the east side, Teresa, is what, 980 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something around so there. So the average price of a house that's selling, believe it or not, on the east side right now is 980 grand. So let's say you just have a bread and butter house that you bought, you know, you moved here in 1980. You bought a house, you've had it for like mortgage is paid off. The kids are off to college now. Uh, and your, your agent says, Hey, the average house is 980. So you put it on the market. It, you're like, yeah, we haven't really updated the kitchen. Like it's nice, but it's not like over the top nice. We're in a good neighborhood, good school district. We're going to put it on for 975. So you're sitting there 975. You and your significant other have talked about this. And it's like, wow, that's almost a million dollars. Can you believe this? This is crazy. So now Therese shows up three days early with an all cash offer for 1.1 million. Mm. And it's like, this thing expires tonight and we're waiving the inspection. We're waiving financing. We're waiving lead-based paint. We're waiving information verification. Uh, we've done all our due diligence. Here's our offer. Take it or leave it. We're not going to be here on your offer review date. Uh, I'm sure that has, has happened yes. to you. And what, what sort of emotions start to fly? Well, I mean, as a buyer, I mean, I mean, everything happens so fast in this market. Right. Yeah. And you, um, you're wanting to put the pressure on. Yes, I do. And I've done that. And maybe not in this price point in all cash, but I had a client and they, their lease was up. We literally had to find a home that weekend. And it's like, you take this by 4 p.m. or we moving on to another home right. that had a deadline of 5 p.m. So I'd already start typing that offer and I was ready to send that in. And we actually won that one just because we put so much pressure on it. Nice. So the, that couple sitting there and from the, sell, the le seller side, which Don and I have done a lot of listings this year, you'll see people go, we're waiting for the offer review date. And then they go, holy cow, 1.1. We didn't think we were going to get 1.1. Maybe we should take 1.1. That's pretty crazy. And so they, when it's right there in front of them in black and white, uh, they a lot of times will take the 1.1. Yeah. All right. As a, a couple more here, two more questions. As a buyer's agent, as a buyer's agent, you're bringing the buyer. Do you let somebody get in your car, Ron, that uh, hasn't talked to a bank, hasn't talked to a lending institution, or maybe they've gone online and they say, hey, I got this letter. This letter says I'm pre-approved. Let's go. Uh, it, you know what? It depends. Like There are some people that um, 
when you talk to them, if, if they're eager and open, open-minded and they just don't know what they don't know, I, I'll do a tour with someone. Like we had a, a client like that that was from the UK and you've heard him on the, on the show here before. He never bought a house in the United States. Like he didn't know the process. And so they were starting to do some of that homework stuff. I said, let's just go look at a couple things. And so we went into a house. They absolutely loved it. The offer review date was that day. And it was from one of our office mates, Mia. So I just called Mia and I said, Hey, Mia, it's Ron. Uh, can you just give me the lowdown on, on this deal? And she did. And so I was able to relay that to them in real time while we were standing in the house and their eyes both opened up. They're like, Oh, holy cow. Like we're not ready yet. And so that was the thing that was the spark for them. And so after that happened, then they prioritized uh, getting with a lender. Uh, there, he's in tech, so we connected with First Tech down here that specializes in expats coming in uh, from another country and working for big tech. So I will do that, but in a, in a perfect world, you would have someone. Well, what do you think, Teresa? In a perfect world, you'd want them to have already been already been in bed with a lender. Yeah, so either with a lender or this is one reason to why I joined your team. I feel like you have a sit down and you actually go over the procedure. So a buyer kind of understands how, how does it work to buy a home and right. what steps do you need to take and in what order? Yeah. And so like that's one of the reasons why we do the run it on sit down. And, and Teresa's uh, been on, on quite a few of these. So you can just ask that straight for, for whatever reason. There's a there's a people get uncomfortable talking about anything around money. Like it is one of the biggest taboos. Uh, left in America. Like you can talk about, um, you know, being like sexual issues now that we never did before or, you know, gay and trans and all these different things that used to be super taboo. You would never bring up if someone was gay. Now someone can say they're gay and it's like, okay, let's talk about your finances. Whoa. Like it's, that's more uncomfortable than talking about any other taboo topic. And so having the rundown sit down where we can just go, Hey, here's the real thing. Like if you really want to buy something, we got to know if you're ready. Like, do you have a down payment? Do you have earnest money? Uh, is it, are you getting a gift? Like, how is this going to work? How are you buying this house? And try to t- take away some of that awkwardness uh, so that someone can be in a position. Like that, that offer that Teresa said where she came in at 4 p.m. and they got that deal. They were ready. Yes. Right? All the ducks were in a row. Yes. And so like the loan was there, the letter was there, the earnest money's there, the down payment's there. And so that seller looks at it and goes, okay, this is a tight offer. This is a clean offer. These folks are squared away. It gives the seller confidence when they look at your offer, look at your contract, and it's done correctly. And it's also favorable to them. Like you give a, a nod to the seller. What do you, final question, what do you say to buyers? So you, it, it, it's such an up market and a hot market. I'm just going to sit this out. You even see real estate agents right now sitting this out because people think real estate agents are getting rich and they're not. Because they, if, if, if you're on the listing side, uh, you'll get paid, but not necessarily if you're on the buying side. We've had some real success this year, though, in, in, in buying homes in some very hot neighborhoods. Uh, what, what's your take on it when you see buyers out there starting to get weary? Uh, what are your thoughts? This is a hard one, um, and I don't know how to say it gently, so I'm not going to say it gently, I think, is sacrifice your taste a little bit. And what I mean by that is everybody, everybody can spot the, the perfect house, 
it takes no skill whatsoever to walk into a $2 million house and go, Oh my God, this is gorgeous. Everybody can do that. Everybody can walk in and like, wow, that's a Viking fridge. And look at that six burner stove and Holy cow, it's granite countertops and everything's perfect. Like this is amazing. That takes no ability at all. Um, where you can really create an opportunity is when you walk in and go, okay, huh? Like this is a little rough around the edges here or wow, there's wood paneling from 1978 in this basement, but the infrastructure is solid. And wow, look at that. There's a new furnace. And oh, holy cow, they put a mini split in the bedroom. That's good. And let me look under the sink. Oh, it's copper pipe. It's not galvanized. Nice. Uh, water heater's new. So you're looking through these things and you go, okay, I can get this house for way cheaper than I can that other one. And then over the next 18 months, we're going to put in a new kitchen. Over the next two years, we're going to pull out that wood paneling. Over the next five years, I'm going to build a garage. That's, I've done that to every property I've ever owned, where it's like, okay, it doesn't have a garage, but I really want a garage. I built the garage. Not the day I moved in, but I had the garage built. The, the place I'm in right now. The kitchen used to be horrible. You remember that kitchen? It was the worst. I would never come over. It would never come over. It was horrible. But the location's great. Yeah. And it has a view of the lake. Or maybe I thought you were horrible. That, that wanna, could be true as well. Could have been you in the kitchen. And so, But it took me years before I remodeled the kitchen. Looks great now. But it looks fantastic now. Uh, it's already lived through one flood. It's already <laughs> lived through one flood. But my point being is like, if you're a buyer, you're going to pay a premium for the perfect house. And I don't know if for you, Teresa, have you had buyers that after they get kicked in the in the shins five times they finally go oh maybe i'll get the one with a little bit less of a kitchen and i'll do it later absolutely i talk through that with my clients all the time too and uh, we can get something a lot cheaper and you can build a lot of more equity in your home that way too long term it's fun to tour a house with you don because you get excited about stuff that's bad yeah in other words if, if the bones are nice mm-hmm. and you see a lime green bathroom you're like yes mm-hmm. nobody else wants this lime green bathroom that's right i want it because yeah. i'm gonna tear it out yeah uh, and it gets you excited you're like maybe i can get this one for less than list price because it's got a lime green bathroom yeah you just delivered some keys to a house in magnolia and this is a house that we bought we went early on it and we waved the checkbook at the agent always important to wave the checkbook before the weekend comes because a lot of times they have weekend plans especially in the winter time they go skiing and i just paint the picture for them hey this is what we're paying. We're paying over. You look like a hero. Here's the terms. You're skiing this weekend. Let's do this thing. And that's what he did over in Magnolia with me. And we sold that house. So we came early on the offer review. To do that, though, to do that, I had to explain to him, hey, that basement is crunchy. Nobody wants that basement. You may have nobody here on the offer review day because there's a lot of value that needs to be added to that house. So I convinced him. I, was, I convinced him that on offer review day, he may not have any offers. Uh, 
And on offer review day, he may have had 10 offers, but he decided to believe me. So we decided to land that house. We handed off the keys today. And the couple that bought that, they're willing to go in, just like you said, Ron. And they have a plan now to add value in the first six months, the first year, the first two years. So then they can really add value, force appreciation on that property and have a really cool home that they want with finishes that they'll touch every day because they've been a part of picking those things out. And plus, at the end of the day, even if you're not a carpenter, that's okay. Anyone can turn on HD television. Anyone can rip a wall down. And just by doing some of that work, you can save yourself 7000 10000 I just did a demo project. We saved ourselves $37,000 by doing all the demo ourselves. And now we have that money and we can turn around instead of robbing banks, right? We can go ahead and put that in our bank accounts and I can pay to get a hamburger every day. And so uh, I am super excited to have Teresa on our team. Uh, she is a buyer specialist. She really knows the east side better than I do. So uh, if you want to do a sit down with a buyer's agent and Ron and Don to really get you a winning strategy, let's do a sit down. It's free of charge. It doesn't mean you're going to buy a house next week. It means that we're getting you ready to buy, answering your questions. And uh, Therese is is a pro. She's been in the business for six years. Uh, She is ready to go. For some reason, we convinced her it was a good idea to join (laughs) Team Ron and Don. Yeah. Well, anyway, and maybe we are going to buy a house next week. I'm you all, could. I'm all about it. So anyway, yeah. welcome to the team. Great to have you. Thank you so much. All right. I'm if you want to reach excited. out to all of us and we could all sit down together, how can we do that? Yeah. Just, I mean, for now, just reach out, Ron, at windermere.com. Say, I, I, I loved your segment on the buyers. Uh, I want to get in the game uh, and we'll set up the sit down. Yeah. And we have more listings coming on. Lots and lots of listings this year. So uh, join up the nation news. Go to ronandonsitdown.com. Join the nation news. And then we send out those updates on listings that we have. And because the Rondon Nation lives everywhere, our listings are everywhere, which we really enjoy, you guys. So for Ron today, Therese, myself, thanks for stopping by, giving us great lives, using us as your real estate agents, and also allowing us to become very, very good friends. Anytime in the outtake interviews that Josh does and you hear those interviews on this podcast, I love it when people say they feel like we are friends now uh, because we really are you guys so anyway keep your head up keep your shoulders back as ron said eat a hamburger a day because that's true self-care right there and then you know that you have to get the cut fries along with the vanilla milkshake and boom then you dip do you dip your you dip the fry in the vanilla milkshake don't Boy, you i haven't done that combo Therese, in a do you long time dip the fry in the vanilla milkshake no i don't what <laughs> no, they I, don't I do have. that in sweden I have. <laughs> they put mayonnaise on the fries in sweden no i think that's more southern europe <laughs> okay. Okay. i'm going to say something and then i want to see if you can say it in sweden all right uh-huh all swedish right. what's that if she says it in sweden what we're never going to hear it <laughs> Say that in Sweden. Yeah. (laughs) Say that in the country of Sweden. Uh, In August. All right. Anyway, you guys, keep your head up, your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Where's the only? Only! Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.